Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back to From the Press Box, the Holland Sentinel Sports Staff's weekly podcast where we talk anything and everything sports. Uh, I am sports editor Dandy Adana, and we've got assistant sports editor Bo Troutman here. What's up? If you guys don't know Bo yet, he's relatively new as his assistant sports editor job. Feel free to follow him on social media and give him grief about his poor football picks. So um, let's get to that. Let's get to last week's football stuff. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. There's plenty yeah. of things. We've got uh, high school football uh, recapping week three, previewing week four. We got to talk about Hope Football's record day, Grand Valley football, Michigan State, the Lions, Kirk Cousins, the Cubs, the Tigers' futility. Lots of stuff going on. Yeah, a ton. Lots of stuff going on. So we're going to start with how Bo continued to sink back in his picks. Uh, week three high school football uh, a lot of uh, uneven scores uh, yeah. in this in this one uh, not that we expected fully yeah. even scores but uh, especially because that would be a bunch of ties and that's no fun but yeah. it was just, a good week to miss a game this yeah, week, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah really I mean it seemed like yeah. that was that was the case I yeah. mean it was uh, we'll start I'm um, Zeeland West beat Holland 64 to six it was yeah. 50. Six to six at halftime. Yikes! It was Zealand West man. They're real, real good. I mean, they're just really good. They're the they've got to have put themselves in the favorite for the conference, and I think they're a title contender. I mean, they've got every aspect of what's going on. Uh, you know, I had a lot of people ask me, "Is Zealand West that good, or is Holland that bad?" Maybe both. I don't know, but I don't think Holland's that bad. No, uh, neither do I. I. Think I think anyone would lose to them. And then what happened is Holland, uh, Zeeland West returned the opening kickoff for a touchdown. Then Holland's first couple, one of their first couple plays was a pick six for Zeeland West. They were winning, and they hit both two-point conversions. They were winning 16 nothing before they even got the ball. And then, of course, two plays later, they score on their first play, and all of a sudden they've had two offensive plays, and they're winning 24-zip. Yeah. I mean, that's just... It's not how you want to start a game. No, no. And so that would... Even a good team that would shell shock. Um, now, don't get me wrong; I don't think Holland had any chance to win this game uh, on paper, um, unless they pulled off some of those three things off first. You know, um, which obviously didn't happen. But uh, Holland's going to be stuck in this gauntlet of the OK Green uh, with Holland Christian, Unity Christian, Zealand East, Zealand West, both making all making deep playoff runs last year. I guess Zealand West didn't make it deep playoff run they lost to Zealand East but they would have made a deep playoff run had they won that rivalry matchup either one of those teams would have made it to the semis so it's just it's very interesting so it's it makes it hard to manage or just how to calculate how good or bad other teams are how good is Holland if they're going to be a three three win team 
in another yeah. league, they could be a five-win team or a right. six-win team. I don't know. Same thing for Hamilton. It's been what's hurt them the last couple of years. Both teams overall the past five, six years is they're in just such a difficult conference yeah. um, that it makes it tough. So, um, But Zeeland West, to, the takeaway is Zeeland West is legit. They're a legit contender. So um, Holland Christian had a big win over defending state champion Unity yeah. Christian. We did not pick that. No, did not see that. We did not pick that, especially with how – I don't want to say poor because I wasn't there. So I don't know. But how Holland Christian struggled the week before yeah. against uh, Forest Hills Northern Eastern mm-hmm. uh, and Forest, one of those Forest Hills schools. And they lost like 24-7, mm-hmm. didn't get anything rolling. And then they play Unity Christian – and take care of them. You know, it was just, it's right. really interesting. So I'm guessing based on the first couple of weeks of how Holland Christian played that this is the Holland Christian team we should expect. Yeah. And that was a fluke. Um, but uh, either way, a huge win for the Maroons. And this is going to make things in the OK Green really interesting yeah. now, too. And it's going to make all the matchups just a little bit different, just a little bit more exciting when they play Zealand East and Zealand West and, of course, Hamilton um, and then Holland. I mean, there's. Those are all fun matchups, and that's yeah. that. There's going to be a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of great football there. Yeah, and I think that when whenever you have like a new starting quarterback, you know Trent Lamb, you're always going to kick the tires a little bit, and kind of have to figure some stuff out. And I think once they truly get rolling and stuff, I, mean, I, I think they're going to be really dangerous. Because I saw them week one against Coopersville, and they looked like world beaters. So mm-hmm. I think it's there. It's just they they can keep what they did against Unity. Uh, I think they'd be pretty good. Kick the tires. That's why Bo gets paid the big yeah. bucks here to bring that <laughs> color commentary. So. um West Ottawa lost big to Rockford. Yeah. I mean, Rockford's real good. This is obviously not West Ottawa's year. They got a new quarterback. They got a lot of new players. Um, any bright spots that you saw from them? I mean, yeah. I mean, Jake Zimmer's a good quarterback. I mean, there was some good <clears throat> good highlight plays, I would say. You know, Blake Bosma's talented. They got some pieces. It's just kind of like the, the parts are not greater than the whole right now, I think, for them. I think if they can just somehow emphasize a way to – you know, really take advantage of Jake Zimmer's athleticism. You know, really chuck it up to Blake Bosma. Uh, you know, every freaking play. Um, you know, I think they could really do some stuff because it wasn't all bad. You see the final score and you think, oh, you know, Rockford blew him out, but it really was kind of like a slow burn to get to that final score. So I think that you know they got some players. They just got to find a way to kind of yeah, they put got it a couple together. of six four receivers out there. Yeah, and that's exciting. Uh, Max Vote got hurt, right? The running back did he not play? Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah that, I, that, I mean that obviously that mm-hmm. plays a big part in it because then everyone can kind of just focus on the quarterback and not the run game. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see there. The OK red is obviously very difficult. Mm-hmm. So again, it's you're not sure what to uh, expect out of West Ottawa the rest of the year just because their conference is so tough. Um, you know, OK red, OK green. There's a couple schools in in there every every year in both conferences that you're just really not sure how good they are because they got beat by like four teams that are like state title contenders yeah. so um we'll see how that goes zealand east lost to catholic central in a close one um that was uh you know ended up being probably our game of the week one of our games of the week holland christian union christian was too um as far as excitement level and everything um but it was a tough one for for the chicks this will be a Good time, you know, uh, learning learning loss. Hopefully they regroup heading into the conference play for them. Um, they got a lot of good pieces that are, you know, starting to work together too. Um, 
Hamilton lost to Byron Center. Uh, Byron Center had, you know, took advantage of some turnovers and stuff to pull away late, although it was within one score for a good chunk of the game. So I think that uh, this it was closer than that score. Mm-hmm. I think uh, the score indicated 35-21, I think, was Something the final. Like that, yeah. um, but uh, Hamilton can regroup, too. This is not a – I mean, that's their first loss. This is not a um, a deal-breaker or a season-breaker or anything like that. They've got, you know, a lot of they're, – they're a good team. they got a lot of, you know, teams similar to them to face the rest of the year. Yeah. Um, a lot of coin flip games, which are fun, which means Bo and I are going to differ on the picks and he's going to fall further behind. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so we'll see what happens with Hamilton this week. Sogtuck lost a tough one at Brandywine. Yeah, it's uh, looking tough for them with the low numbers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they get if they get, you know, a couple guys hurt there, they basically have the same guys in, same 11 guys in the whole game, which is what <laughs> happened, what, two weeks ago um, by the end of the game. That's all they had. Um, yeah, that's it's it's tough for any team when in any sport when you're dealing with that. But football, when you got guys going both ways, playing all the special teams, just by that fourth quarter, it, yeah. you're just gassed. I mean, there's no way around it. Right. Um, so that's going to be tough for them. Uh, but they've got talented players. They, you know, if they mm-hmm. can put some things together and you know build that conditioning up, I guess, and then, and then you know who knows. Yeah. Um, Fenville lost to Delton Kellogg. That was pretty expected. Delton mm-hmm. Kellogg's been really good uh, the last few years. Um, Fenville's going to look to bounce back from that. So um, that's where we're at high school-wise. That's a, our week three wrap-up. Um, yes, I'm still leading the picks over Bo and Mitch in case you were, were – or I should say over Mitch and Bo. Let's put Bo in his place here, everybody. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we'll see if he can catch up here. We'll get to our week four preview and picks in a little bit, but – we got some other things to talk about before we finish with our picks. Uh, let's start with the Hope Football uh, Hope Football team. They, uh, you know, bounced back from that opening loss, beating Defiance eighty to six. School record for points. Uh, Bo, you were there. What was that like watching that? Uh, it was like I was watching a real time college football video game. Uh, it was pretty crazy. Um, eighty points was the the most since nineteen nineteen. That was a Seventy-one seven win over Ferris State. Wow. So uh, hundred years ago, hundred years on the day, or not on the day, but on the year, I guess. But uh, no, it's pretty incredible. I mean, I think. I mean, obviously they have some athletes. So obviously, Defiance kind of you know lower tier opponent, I would say. But um, they clearly have the talent and stuff. And you know, Millikan's a tough team. They went eight and two last year. One of the losses was to Millikan. So it's like, you know, it's you have a tough game with them, and you know they got nothing to worry about. They're going to be a good team, and they really proved that against Defiance. All right, I want to put this into perspective. 1919 yeah. is the last time they scored that many points. In 1919, you know, World War One had just ended. <laughs> you know, the Black Sox scandal rocked the sports world yeah. in the World Series. Babe Ruth was still a pitcher for the Red Sox. <laughs> he would not join the Yankees yeah. for another year or two. Year, I think. Uh, that's how long ago this was. It's a long time ago. Yeah, Babe Ruth yeah. was still a, the best left-handed pitcher in the game, and he played for the Boston Red Sox. And they had just won in 1918. Yeah. Which was, you know, the start of their curse. And then, I mean, 1919. Yeah. The, wonder, the Black Sox scandal. That's crazy. I, that's I wonder, how long ago that was. I kind of want to know who would win the 1919 uh, Hope a flying Dutchman or the 2019 flying Dutchman? 
be an interesting matchup, I think. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, a couple rules you have to. Yeah. Yeah. We'd have to, to adjust, agree, you have to yeah. adjust yeah. some things for equipment and yeah. uh, safety. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's, I mean, those are the things that, that's what's great about sports is that we can sit here and go, oh my gosh, that's what happened back in 1919 when this yeah. was going on and that was going on and no one had cars hardly and, you know, like, yeah. That's crazy. Not even the Great Depression yet. Yeah, yeah I mean, crazy. we're yeah quite a ways from that. I mean, still hadn't got to the Roaring Twenties yet. Yeah, I, I mean, that's that's uh, that's awesome when you can link those kind of things historically. Um, so yeah. yeah, we'll see what Hope Football can do. Of course, now I mean, it was a, it was a record and it was exciting. Now now that we're moving toward the next week for them, it was just a win, you know, and they're going to try to. Make sure that they can keep that momentum going uh, into the, into the next the rest of the season here. So, um, Grand Valley football had a comeback win over yeah. Delta State, was it? Um, Anchor up, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, that's yeah. Bo's alma mater there. Uh, yeah. It didn't look good for a while. Mm. It didn't look good for a while. I I was like, oh, they're gonna they're down two scores. We're heading into the fourth <laughs> quarter here. This is not looking yeah. good. They bounce back. Um, Honestly, I think this could be the win of the year for them because it's, you know, those championship teams always have a scare. Mm-hmm. So this could be their scare game. So, yeah. but I mean, they're playing well. The run game is good. De- the defense stepped up when it needed to in the fourth quarter. Um, and I still think they're real dangerous. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to GVSU, SVSU this year. I mean, you know, it's like when I was there. And even Ferris State, I mean, you know, Ferris State's kind of taken over that title, I think, a little bit of kind of like the Division Two team in Michigan. And, you know, I think Grand Valley, I think, you know, I think they have the tools necessary to kind of reclaim that, but it's going to be kind of interesting. But I love watching it. I mean, those matchups with Saginaw Valley and Ferris State are always awesome. Definitely. That's going to be very exciting. So, all right, moving from good teams and good offenses and whatever, let's talk a little bit about Michigan State. Uh, they lost 10-7 to Arizona State. Their defense gave up 10 points. Three through the first three quarters. They were down Uh 3-0. And then gave up that last drive to Arizona State. Couple fourth down uh, conversions and then a touchdown. They're down 10-7 and marched right down the field. Kicked the field goal to tie. Only there's a flag because they had too many men on the field. Yikes. And then that backs them up. They miss it. The game all of a sudden does not go to overtime, and they lose 10-7. Second straight loss to Arizona State. Brutal. So there's so many things about this that were interesting. First of all, Michigan State's offense that had scored 50-some points the week before that everyone thought was back in a groove was obviously not. Um, And second of all, that kicker ended up on record missing all three kicks because the one that that he made didn't count. He had missed two kicks earlier. That would have won it for him. I feel bad for him, though, because he made it. But what do you think about that? Do you think that – do you have sympathy for him because – you know, he made it, then he has to come back out, you know, reset mentally. Or do you think it's the kicker's job, you know, it's do or die, you know? Well, sure. I mean, but that was a much longer field goal. Yeah. The pressure built was building by the second, especially as they reviewed the play and everything mm-hmm. like that. And I feel bad for him because his teammates screwed it up for him. Yeah. It's not like he just missed it. He made it 
when he had to when From he was a shorter distance on that. Yeah. yeah. So, but the it's just so. Um, our former assistant sports editor, Michael Applegate, from a few years back, he would always say, never leave it up to a kicker. That's what the worst part about football is people leave it up to kickers. That was like his big issue in sports. He hated it. He uh-huh. hated last-second field goal attempts. He hated you know, all this kind of stuff because nobody pays to see a kick in football. I mean, unless it wins you the Super Bowl. You want to see your team get in the end zone. And that's the point, is to get into the end zone. And so many things happen. We've seen with kicks. Was it last year? There were, like, how many missed field goals in crunch time against the Lions, right? Like, it seemed to happen against the Lions. Nobody could kick a field goal when it counted against the Lions. Um, Or an extra point. Some of those are happening now in the NFL, Mm -hmm. too. I mean, like, it seemed like everyone was missing a kick against the Lions, which was really ironic, I thought. But it's just so interesting that that's not the point. You should try to get down there. You know, they had 11 seconds and they kicked the field goal and then it worked, but then they got the penalty and then it didn't work. Mm-hmm. 11 seconds left when you're on the 30. Would you try a quick strike? I mean, I would. I yeah, feel I like mean, I would. Do or die. I yeah, feel like I would. Like, yeah. But, you know, that's a lot of time. Yeah. I think it was good. I mean, D'Antonio, too, was showing the confidence in the kicker after missing twice, saying, still, hey, we believe in you. Let's get this done. And he did. So, but I want to talk about the penalty. <laughs> yeah. I want to talk about the penalty for a second because I think that was the craziest part of the whole thing. Yeah, there was a flag on the play. They the officials discussed it in length, <laughs> then said there's no foul on the play for too many men. Mm-hmm. Kicks good. We're going to overtime. Then <laughs> the booth was like, "Hang on a second. Yeah, and they reviewed the play. And there were clearly twelve guys. It wasn't like sometimes you get a too many men on because the guy does one of the guys doesn't get off the field fast enough or uh-huh. whatever like that. There were twelve guys in a stance. I mean, besides the kicker and the holder, everyone else was in a stance. Mm-hmm. That means there were ten other guys besides them instead of nine in a right. stance down. What in the heck was going on there? They had kicked other field goals throughout the game. And that didn't happen. Who was the person in there that wasn't supposed to be? And yeah. or was did was one of the coaches mixed up on if somebody was hurt? You know what was going on there? How did they let that happen? And how did the refs think they saw it? Yeah. Then said they didn't. It wasn't true. And then the video clearly showed that it was true. Yeah. What a wild, like wild search of events. And here we are. Here I am trying to get this game in by our early deadline, and <laughs> it didn't wasn't very good because yeah. we had twenty minutes to figure out. Whether it was a penalty, what was a penalty? Had already taken each team had already taken two timeouts at this point. Like the last eleven seconds took twenty some minutes. It was ridiculous. But how how do you not see that there's twelve guys? How did the refs see it? Then not call it. Then have to call it after the. Oh man, there's right. just so many so many weird things. What do you make of this, Bo? Well, I mean, I think it brings up an interesting question for the future. It's like. You know, last year in the NFL, we have uh, that Saints Falcons, uh, Falcons, right? Falcons game where you know there's clear pass interference, clear pass I mean, interference, blatantly clear, and that doesn't get reviewed. 
but then they can you know they can review twelve men in the field in college. It's like where do you draw the line? What's reviewable? I mean, let's say it's the same situation. Let's say there's a blatant offsides in the defense or something, and they block the kick, but they don't call the offsides. I mean, where does the line draw? I mean, what is the rule? I don't even know what the rule is, but clearly in the NFL, you know, if it's pass interference, you're SOL. I mean, I think this is like, look, if it's crunch time like that and it decides a game, yeah, I love that they were able to go back and look and you know, not let human error, you know, make let that game go to overtime. There was 12 men in the field that got the call right. I think that they should use this as an example. I mean, I don't know if it's if it's going to, but they should be like, yo, yo how come we're letting human error decide the you know the results of other games when we have you know clearly we can get it right against you know michigan state arizona state right well and yeah and they used it which is good to correct it but i i still want to be like which refs thought they counted 11 which thought they counted 12 how could they not count up to 12 i just didn't understand that part of it all i mean as someone who i'm just will always be against referees (laughs) no matter what uh i mean yeah i just if you can i mean humans are humans so i'll never forget the day that uh, Armando Galarraga, you know, oh, threw yeah. a perfect game that wasn't. So it's like right. when you have stuff like that happens and all the technology, all the resources we have available, you got to get it right. Right. No and they what. had, yeah. they had, they started review what the year after? Yeah. I mean, like if they had that for those kind of plays, like there's, there's no reason they couldn't have had, let's say, reviews regarding either regard in the ninth, just reviews on anything in the ninth inning. Yeah. There's no reason they couldn't have had that for 10 years prior. Right. And I understand it because the the human element, especially with the baseball umpire, is mm-hmm. a huge part of the game. But they want to get it right. Yeah. I mean, you, you think it's, you know, somehow – they used to think it was somehow, like, offensive to the umps and the refs to do this. Don't you think Jim Joyce wishes they had that <laughs> then yeah. for that Galarraga game? He wishes they had it then. But now, yeah. what also what replay has shown – for baseball especially, I don't know the statistics for the rest of the sports, but I would tend to think that they're similar. It shows that the officials are right most of the time, which is good. That's a good that's sign, a good and thing. I think that that's good that it proves, you know, what they're doing. Uh, so, but it's just it was just such a wild situation to then think you were going to overtime for s- several minutes. Then have the review. Then have to wait it out. Then have to kick again with a different pressure. The guy, for, one of the guys, jumped, hurdled a Michigan State guy in the middle, caused the kicker to rush it, and he shanked it. I mean, yeah. there was too many things that could have gone wrong there, and they all did. But that's a long time to think you're going to overtime, and then all of a sudden not be. That's the yeah. hard part because teams shouldn't have to do that mentally. Yeah. Because they shouldn't. They're either going to go or they're not. And that, that limbo mentally was enough, I mean, for anybody like right. to, to, get all, to get all messed up. So that was just one of the wildest games. That, that, yeah. that was the strangest, I don't even want to say most entertaining because I don't know if that's the right, that's not the right word, but it was the most relevant 10-7 game I've ever seen. Yeah. You know, that's ridiculous. I mean, yeah. And as an Ohio State fan, an arrogant Ohio State fan, I'm going to bite my tongue on saying it was entertaining. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But we all know how he feels about Uh that. Um, It was just unsettling. The whole game was just unsettling because it's like, even if I'm rooting against Michigan State, that's a weird way for anyone to lose. I mean, like, it's just, I I, I wasn't rooting against Michigan State. I don't really care. Um, But it was just, it was so, it was was so weird. And that's just, it just leaves a bad taste in everybody's mouth. You know, it wasn't. 
And it wasn't even like the last second touchdown from Arizona State that they scored with 56 seconds to go was the last play. Because if it was reversed, they missed the field goal, then Arizona State marches down, then there's that element of somebody snatching victory from the game. And right. It wasn't. It was like two teams that seemed like they didn't want to win, yeah. and one of them goofed up even further. Is like That's just a weird vibe yeah. to have around a game. That's a bad loss to take. You know, oh, yeah. At home. Ugh, that's, yeah. That's brutal. Yeah. Seven points. Yeah. Oof. Yikes! So Michigan State will have to regroup now. Um, that they looked like in the driver's seat for a while there, like they were going to be that complete team that well, after scoring fifty some points too yeah. the week before, down to seven. Yeah, and even if the kicks, the other two kicks go in, that's still only thirteen. You know, right. it's not like you're talking about. A, and they're playing. I mean, no offense to Arizona State, but you know, I don't know. It's, there's a certain. It's Michigan State, you know. I right. don't know. They, they've earned themselves a reputation the last couple of years, you know. That right. And they this win is, games like that. Right. And yeah. Arizona State had a freshman quarterback. Yeah. And Arizona State's defense, although it was up to the task against Michigan State, their defense is no Michigan State's defense. Exactly. So yeah. I don't know what that was about. Yeah. And then how you, how you, I feel for the Michigan State defense, too. They let up one touchdown. Of course, it was in the final minute. But they let up one touchdown and one field goal the entire game. They... They went all but one minute of the game, only allowing three points, mm-hmm. and they lose. Like, that's another la- layer of unsettling. Yeah. I it's bet just, Brian Lorca was out of that locker room pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, that's either that or he stayed there all night. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not really sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that was just that was just crazy. Yeah. Just crazy. Or Michigan had a bye week, so we'll... We will we will put a halt on the Michigan and Harbaugh talk. I'm sure they'll do something crazy that we'll need to talk about next week. Mm-hmm. Um, the Lions undefeated, one zero and one, one zero and one after beating yeah. the Chargers. Uh, this is this is where Chris and I used to have some comedies mm-hmm. the last few years. Is what do you make of the Lions now? Because you get these weeks where you're just like. Oh, I think they'll be all right. And then the next week you're like, oh, back to reality. And yeah. the first week was reality for me, them blowing that lead. They huh. easily could be 2-0. and Yeah. And on a roll, they are not 2-0. No. and I mean, they're not 2-0 and and they're not on a and roll. They totally pulled a Lions against the Cardinals. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But then they win a good game against the Chargers. Yeah. A good team, yeah. yeah. A team. Philip Rivers, man, he usually picks them apart when they yeah. get when they get a chance to play. Veteran quarterback, man, that's their, you know, yeah. and, and, and here they got are. that game-winning interception, yeah, right. And the, I mean, you had Stafford had some a couple mistakes at first, and you know, battled back and played real well in the second half and led his team to victory. He does that a lot, yeah. But he he shouldn't have to that late all the time either. Yeah. So it's just an interesting thing for the Lions. I mean, I think this is obviously a positive sign. Any victory in the NFL is a positive sign. Yeah. They're still technically undefeated, one zero and one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't like the. I don't like that overtime rule. And they both yeah. kicked a field goal that first week, mm-hmm. and then since one team only kicked a field goal, the other one gets a chance to tie it again or score a touchdown to win. Mm-hmm. I like the. I mean, I get how the do or die thing isn't. Mm-hmm. I almost think that they sh- there should be a way where they treat it more like soccer, where you just play, keep playing. Oh, you yeah. know, like yeah. you got to play out the whole overtime, right? So it's not do or die. So like the team that takes the kick and marches down and kicks a field goal doesn't win. They're still 
14 more minutes left. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they should just add a period to it. Yeah. Um, there have been so many ties the last few years. It's been really mm-hmm. strange. Like, the whole thing about the touchdown and the rule change was to get there to be not as many ties. And I think there's more yeah. now. So, I, I don't know. It's just weird. But thankfully, the Lions didn't blow it and cause that to happen again. Yeah. And they're... they're not 0 and 2 No, yeah. yeah that, <laughs> what do you make of that? <laughs> the Lions are undefeated and winless at the same time. You know, it's just a weird yeah. thing. But so now they're, they're just undefeated now mm-hmm. um, with the first win. So, I mean... I don't even think I'm cautiously optimistic mm. about the Lions because they're the Lions. I'm realistically realist. Mm-hmm. Could they be a playoff team? Sure. Are they going to be? Probably not. Yeah. Is this a good win for them? You bet. Yeah. Can they keep the good wins coming? We'll see. Hey, they could have a nice winning season at 8-7-1. <laughs> right, 8-7-1. and one. Hey, that might be it. Yeah. There that go. might be it. <laughs> Get into the playoffs with an eight seven one probably you yeah. might crazy wasn't it the um I can't remember it was like the Seahawks or the Saints the Seahawks were eight and eight yeah 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 with Marshawn Lynch yeah yeah, yeah. eight and eight yeah they beat the Saints that's right in yeah. that wild card yeah. yeah yeah eight and eight why not yeah that almost happened to the Redskins too they were they almost made it at eight and eight they yeah. lost like a tiebreaker um well yeah so. All right, and then you got Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. They played the Packers in one of the great, those great NFC Central North, whatever you call it now, Norris as the NFC Norris, like Chris Berman called it, like the old <laughs> hockey conference. Uh, it's, I mean, Cousins had, and the Vikings had a great opener, even though Cousins didn't have to do much. Uh, this one he had to do a little bit more. Didn't quite work out. And had a big interception that was a. One of the turning points. Um, I mean, the takeaway for me is there's not much like like nothing. There's nothing new to take away from this. Cousins is a good quarterback. He's not an elite quarterback. He's a good quarterback. He's gonna get. He'll probably get them to the playoffs. The Packers are real good, and they're they're motivated after the way the last couple of years have been. So I mean, it, to me, it's like what. I mean, I'm not saying. I would have expected Cousins to throw a pick that cost, you know, that was costly. Mm-hmm. But what happened in that game was what I expected to happen in that game yeah. overall. So um, we'll see how they bounce back um, and uh, and move on from there. But uh, you know, uh, not the game Cousins or the Vikings wanted, obviously. Um, but uh, it's still early. Nothing. To, so you see how I'm already talking about it with a different <laughs> vibe than the Lions. Yeah. I mean, like there's hope in Minnesota, like, and mm-hmm. it's clear. Uh, it's different. Yeah. It's different there. I mean, even when Cousins was on Washington, I feel like it was almost like the Lions, where you just expected them. They started to get lumped into that with the Lions and the Browns, where you just expected them to tank at some point. Right. Um, but they don't have that. They're, like, optimistic up there in Minnesota, eh? Yeah. I mean, it's... Yeah. That's good. I mean, just to have the optimism. And the way Dalvin Cook played, too. I mean, they got to be excited. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to they're gonna be a good team. They're going to be a good team. Yeah. All right. Shifting over to baseball... Uh, let's start with the Cubs. Let's start with the team, the local team that's in it. Uh, the Cubs are two games behind the Cardinals for the division. They're also they're sitting in the second wild card spot, but they're also only like one and a half or two games, or even one game now ahead of the Brewers for that last wild card spot. Showdown. They're they're three win. They're three wins or they're three 
St. Louis losses away from taking over first place, and they're but they're three losses themselves away from not being in the playoffs at all. Yeah. When there's two wild card spots, that's that is that's wild. wild. Yeah, I mean yeah. that's why they call it the wild card. But um, it's a great division. Yeah, I mean the Cubs. The Cubs have been interesting this year. You think? I mean, they started slow, then they had a hot streak, and you just you just expected them to take this division over at some point. Mm-hmm. It just hasn't happened. Now it's still they got two weeks to do it. But I I just it's hard for me to think with the way they've been playing overall that they're going to win the division. I mean, they... However, like six games left against Cardinals head-to-head. Oh, yeah. So that plays into it quite a bit. Um, it'll all depend on what happens there because, obviously, if... I don't think they're going to hang on to this second wild-card spot. I don't think they're going to hang on to the wild-card spot. If they beat enough, St. Louis enough, they'll win the division. If yeah. they lose enough to St. Louis, they're going to be out. Yeah. And that's that is wild for a team yeah. that's been in playoff contention and in the spot the whole year. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the Brewers. I mean, they lost Yelich for the rest of the season, which was this huge that's blow. But they're still yeah. hanging in right oh, there. Yeah. It's so it's it's crazy. So my main man Josh Hader put in work too. Josh Hader several saves over the last. You only week. like him because he's got a lot of hair. Yeah, <laughs> and he's leading my fantasy team uh, to a number one spot. Uh, I'm, I'm about to win my league. There so. you go. There you go. All right. Props drunk, to Hater then. Uh, drunk on Haterade. I'm very <laughs> proud of that name. <laughs> wow. All right. So, <laughs> oh, and my my fantasy football team, uh, Antonio Brown's Foot Soldiers. Let's see what I did there. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. This guy here. If he just put that much creativity into his writing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. We'll get there. Um, so the the Cubs, I mean, that's – so it, it's just interesting. It's just really interesting. We'll see what happens. Um, on the American League side, I mean, obviously the Dodger, or National League side, Dodgers are clearly the team to beat. On uh, the American League, Houston and the Yankees both have just about the same record. Yeah. Man, how about those Astros pitchers? I mean, Verlander's leading the league in everything yeah. except strikeouts, where his teammate Garrett Cole's leading the league in strikeouts. That's insane. And is second in almost everything. It's, and then Greinke's like the fifth best pitcher. And then they got another. What's Who's the fourth guy? It's They have another good guy. It's, it's um, Oh, I can't think of his name. I'm going to look it up. <laughs> I'm going to talk about Verlander yeah. for a second while Bo does some recon work here. Yeah. So, I mean... Verlander is leading the league in wins. He got 18 wins. He's leading yeah. the league in ERA, two and a half, uh, second in strikeouts, leading the league in innings. The, I think he's gonna. It's a pretty safe bet he's gonna win his second Cy Young award. It's hard to believe this would only be his second. He's been second so many times too. But what's mind-boggling to me about him is his WHIP, and that's walks plus hits per innings pitched. For those of you who don't subscribe to the new uh analytical stats and don't know that yet whip so it's basically how many runners per inning you let up you have a good year when you're around one verlander has led the league a couple times when he's in the point nines he's leading the league now at like point seven three five yeah that's insane (laughs) he's giving up so few runs runners he's not just it's not just that he's pitching well he's not even letting Nearly as many on base as he's ever let up ever. It's insane. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. So he's, I mean, he's having arguably even a better year than when he won the MVP. That's incredible. He's aged like a fine wine. Yeah, that's right. Fine, like a fine <laughs> wine. Salute. 
got, Salu. Got all the um, sports cliches over here. So, uh, all right. So, who's their fourth starter? Um. Well, the internet here at the Holland Sentinel is kind of letting me down. Oh, but, uh, you know, I should know this. Yeah. You feel free to judge us, everybody, on social media or whatever <laughs> for not knowing. Uh, but, uh, yeah, give me. This is uh, now yeah. it's a matter of principle. Now. I know. Now we have to. Now, now he has to know. I. All right, Google's loading, but the website. Google's not. loading, he says. All right, so I'm waiting for cash. Let's talk about while he that's coming up. Let's talk about just how insanely bad the Tigers are. Oh, here I got it. I got They're it. so bad. All right, go ahead. All right, Brad Peacock, and then they got Wade Miley. Miley, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's Miley I mean, is who I was thinking of. That's a lineup, man. Yeah, I mean <laughs> that's they got insane. They got what four of them yeah. are in the top ten basically in the American League. Yeah. Three of them are in the top five. How do you match up against them in the postseason? The answer is you don't. You don't. I mean, because think about it. That, I mean, those uh, couple game series, they're five game series and stuff. I mean, your bullpen is basically Brad Peacock and Zach Greinke, whoever you want. It's just like it's. it's well, a, it's they, they're going to run. They'll run. Miley's been doing good. He can do that yeah. way too. They yeah. they could run Verlander, Cole, and Greinke, and then Verlander and Cole again. They oh, don't yeah. need more than three pitchers for that first round. They're down to a four. They said that, I think Miley's the fourth. They're there mm-hmm. uh, for the rest of the regular season because they're getting okay. ready for that for the playoffs. So there you are. Like you, if Miley's your fourth spot, that's ridiculous. That's insane. You know? yeah. That's they, there haven't been too many teams like that. Like I, I, I think about like the White Sox when they won in two thousand five. They had uh, f- four great pitchers and they kept that four man rotation. They didn't have to rely on Randy Johnson to pitch every other game or whatever. You know what right. I mean? One, two, three, four, and there you go. Now, somebody's only getting two starts, you know, and somebody's only going to get one start yeah. if it goes seven games. But here, listen to this: uh, ERA, Verlander two fifty eight, Garrett Cole two sixty two, Wade Miley three seventy two, Zach Greinke three ten, and then Brad Peacock four oh six. I mean, you just don't get that. No, I mean, with four oh six is your worst starter. I yeah. mean, that's um, it's that's interesting. There, yeah, and then obviously they got a good offense too. I mean, yeah. that's. Could be them and the Dodgers again. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. Okay, so back to my, the Tigers are so bad. How bad are they? <laughs> They're so bad that if they lose two, I think two more games at home, they will set the record for most ever losses at home. Jeez, oh, Pete. They're already in, in prime spot to get the first pick, which is the, they better now. I mean, like, but they were playing the Orioles. This is the first time they said in 50 years, and only the second time since the modern game, like since 1900, where two teams that were 50 games under 500 faced off. Now, it has to happen at the end of the year, and the schedule has to favor two teams being that bad that happen to meet up because you could have teams. I mean, everybody plays each other, so you could your two teams that lose 100 games are going to play each other sometime during the year, but it's really weird and fitting that they're, they're both 100 and whatever – Hundred and some lost teams, them in Baltimore playing each other great right baseball. now. Wonderful as other teams there. are going for a hundred wins. Oh man! What oh. if they just like let people into the stadium? Like, hey guys, there's a game. <laughs> there, there was one of the pictures on the AP wire about the game where it looked like it looked like a rain delay. That's how few people were in yeah. the stands, even though it wasn't raining. So, yeah. oh, there's always next year, Tiger fans. Um, and by next year, I mean in four years, maybe. Uh, I don't maybe. know. I mean, I mean, who do they got? I mean, it's like nobody. It's not. They got these prospects as they get more experience. Some of them will be okay, but some of them really won't. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, that's just 
it's going to be it's going to be ugly. Yeah. I mean, I remember this when they set the American League record with 119 losses mm-hmm. in uh, 2003, two, three, 2002, three. There it is. Sorry, 2003. Yeah. I went to the game where they came back to win mm-hmm. in September to ensure that they wouldn't be the losingest team ever. Mm-hmm. That I was at that game. That was the one game I went to. The game that proved they wouldn't be the worst team of all time. Yeah. They're just the second worst. So, um just wild. Just wild. Oh, just the worst team ever in the American League, excuse yeah. me. Um so I mean, I remember that team. You had I mean, it was the mostly AAA guys. You had Dimitri Young was good, and that was it. Everybody else probably should have been in AAA. I mean, the outfielders, I mean like Wendell McGee was okay here and there, but he he was an outfielder. Craig Paquette was their big free agent signing, really. <laughs> um, you know, Bonderman and Mike Maroth were in their like second year losing 19, 20 games, you know. Uh they just uh, nobody was good. They didn't have any like, it was a triple A team plus Demetri Young. And that's how it is now. It's a triple A team plus Cabrera. Outside the pitchers, I think the pitcher, their pitch, their starting pitchers are actually okay. They're major league. I mean, obviously Zimmerman's having a rough year. Um, I don't know why they keep him around, but he because it's, it's all the money and they don't have. Why not? Why rush somebody else up and have them lose a bunch of confidence? He's just a warm body. There's well, and there was a while where he wasn't pitching that bad. He just wasn't getting the wins because they don't score. So um, he also is. I mean, like the veteran that the other guys look to leadership wise. You know. But the other pitchers are good. Oh yeah. So yeah, those younger guys kind of yeah they got they got better as the year went on. Right, and yeah. Joe Jimenez will be good as a closer. Mm-hmm. I mean that's I mean those those pieces are there. They need a lot. So and they're not going to get a lot next year because they don't want to spend a lot of money at once. I mean, hopefully they put together one or two pieces next year, two more the next year, and then the big one the next year. So, um, but. You know, we thought that about the Tigers, you know, in the late 90s, early 2000s, and it, it took a while. They had to get the homegrown. I mean, they got made that big move to get Pudge Rodriguez and then Maglio and then that start, and Polanco, and that started that group. But before that, they had to have the core of, uh, you know, like Craig Monroe and the young pitchers and, you know, Inge and all these guys. They had to have that group ready before they started making those moves. But they made those moves here and there. They got they got Guillen and they got Pudge. They got Maglio, Polanco, Kenny Rogers. Like it went one after the other. And that's where they're gonna be at in a couple years from now. They need to start solidifying. Cause like when you look at their roster and you go, well who's guaranteed a roster spot next year? Well Cabrera is because they're paying him a billion dollars. And why wouldn't you? I mean, yeah. obviously, at the risk of him, he, first of all, he's under contract for a few more years. And if he actually can get healthy, he still could be one of the better hitters in the game. I don't think he's at the point where he can be the best in the game anymore. Um, but like, who's guaranteed a spot? Um, exactly. Yeah, there isn't anybody. Know. There isn't. There's no one, and so that's that's wild. That's wild. So maybe we can hit. Maybe see what Don Kelly's up to these days. I know, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, you never know. You never know. I heard he's coaching somewhere. Right. Uh, but uh, I mean, you can play all the positions. Yeah. <laughs> so pulling his best Martin DeHigo, as Bo learned uh-huh. the other day, yeah. uh, Hall of Famer Martin DeHigo, for all you 
uh, non-baseball historians, uh, is the only player in all the country's baseball Hall of Fames that have him. He played all the positions. He played in the Negro Leagues. He was a Cuban, uh, dark-skinned Cuban player, and uh, I guess Afro-Cuban. I don't really know exactly the term. Nobody really says that. They just say he was he was Cuban. He was black, Um, but he regularly won. 20 to 30 games on the mound and won the batting title hitting at the same time concurrently not like Babe Ruth did at one end then the other so so there's your little history tip for the week everybody Martin DeHigo could have actually been the greatest baseball player of all time not Babe Ruth so um, feel free to debate that one with me uh, on social media or email or whatever Um, but my money's on Martin so or as Fluffy would say Martin (laughs) all right so you guys uh, listening sat through a lot of stuff there so we got to get to our week four yes, uh predictions here and uh as both throw some hail mary picks our <laughs> way um there's just a lot of talk about this week michigan didn't even play and we had all this to talk about and we didn't really talk about other high school sports i mean the holland holland christian soccer game yeah stopped Crazy by lightning storm. and so it's got to start again friday we'll there, talk about that next there was week like that storm that day like tuesday there was like like roofs and like grand rapids like ripped off houses and stuff yeah like, oh my god crazy it was awesome it was, it was cra- <laughs> <laughs> crazy and then uh holland christian and unity christian tied zero zero we talked yeah. a little bit about that last week um we got volleyball conference play starts this week um we'll talk more about some hope sports as we uh, learn more in the next couple weeks as they start kind of get going toward conference play and all that kind of stuff. So even with just talking football and a little bit of Major League Baseball, that's that's a lot to talk about. Yeah. So, all right, let's get to our week four picks for high school football. Here's the matchups. We'll run them down first, and then uh, we'll, we'll tell you what we think is going to happen. Or Bo will tell you what he thinks is going to happen. I'll tell you what I know is going to happen. Uh, <laughs> week four, East Kentwood at West Ottawa, Holland at Unity Christian, Holland Christian at Byron Center, Hamilton at Zeeland East, Zeeland West at Lowell, Fenville at Waterfleet, and Schoolcraft at Saugatuck. So let's start with East Kentwood at West Ottawa. Um, I think especially after you see it in West Ottawa, I just I mean East Kent, I just don't see them beating East Kentwood. I just no. East Kentwood's got a high powered offense. I see them. You know, I don't see West Ottawa being able to slow that down enough. Um, we're to, we're almost to the point now where any win. I mean, West. I mean, West Ottawa hasn't won a game yet. Yeah, that's it's going to be. It's yeah. really strange. That's and really weird. Yeah. The red is really tough. So I'm not saying they're not going to win a game. Mm-hmm. But wins are at a premium now, and it's going to be very difficult. And any win could start the season, their conference season off with a signature win. You know, this one could, but I just don't. I just don't see it happening. So I'm taking East Kentwood. Completely agree. Yeah, they don't pay him the big bucks for for <laughs> nothing, nothing much then, else. To right. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. all right, Holland at Unity Christian. Um, I'm gonna. I'm going with Unity Christian. Uh, they just lost to Holland Christian. Holland has always played them pretty tough. This has always been a matchup that's been closer than people think. Um, however, I think Unity Christians, had they beaten Holland Christian, I think they would be more susceptible to the upset. Um, but I think that they're extra motivated now, and I think that they get it done at home against Holland. 
Yeah, I think, I mean, you know, Holland's got some players, you know, you look at guys like uh, in a quarterback, Anders Rasmussen has proven to make some plays, uh, Mason Hager, Peyton Woodenberg. I mean, I think they got some some good athletes, but I think it's just still going to be kind of hard to overtake a team like Unity. But I think it'll be closer than people think, but still give me Unity. Christian. Yeah, for some reason they play better against Unity than most teams. I'm not sure how, what that is and if that continues, but we'll we'll see. I just, especially after they, I mean, Obviously, Zeal West is great, but they couldn't get much going. Uh, yeah. It'll be interesting to see uh, how they respond. So um, that's a that's a uh, challenge to you there, Dutch. Uh, go out and prove us wrong on that one. Uh, we got Holland Christian at Byron Center. Byron Center just beat Hamilton. Holland Christian just beat Unity Christian. I'm taking the Maroons. I mean, they if that was a reason enough to pick them, beating Unity Christian. And uh, I think that they're better on paper than Byron Center. And uh, it's looking more and more like that one loss was kind of a fluke for them. I'm not saying they're not going to lose. I mean, I don't know if they're ready to be beating Zeeland West and maybe even Zeeland East, but uh, I think they beat Byron Center. Yeah, I agree. I think that uh, quarterback Trent Lamb and company are going to get the job done. All right, we're going to see what happens here. These these games, uh, this is the problem with Bo being so far behind is a lot of the games on paper at least are cut and dry. Now, we keep saying that. But I keep going six and two, which means two of the games that I thought are cut and dry, not so much. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. Um, Hamilton at Zeeland East. Who you got? I'm gonna throw this one, punt this one over you, to know, you first. I think it's kind of a tough. I mean, I think it's a tougher pick than people think. Um, I want to pick Hamilton with the upset, but at Zeeland East, I think I got to go with the chicks. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna go with you there on that. I, the Zeeland East. Um, they are coming off a a close loss to a really good team. Um, Hamilton lost to Byron Center. Uh, not that they're a bad team, but they're not as good as Catholic Central. And uh, yeah, I just see the chicks motivated uh, to get that done. Um, all right, Zeeland West at Lowell. This one's interesting. These are two powers. Is that, how tough is Zeeland West's schedule? Yeah, holy. If God. they're playing already in their league, Holland Christian, deep playoff team. Unity Christian, state champion in a lower division. Mm-hmm. The Chicks, who made the state semifinals last year, and now you're they're playing they played East Grand Rapids, Grand Rapids Christian, and now Lowell as their non their three non conference games. That's insane. All, so that's how oh, I lost my math there. East, <laughs> Holland Christian, yeah. Unity Christian. Yeah. And then the th- that's six games against teams that could be in the third round of the playoffs. That's insane. Yeah. And they're beating them all. Yeah. They're beating them all. Yeah. Who you got? I have no reason to pick against the Ducks, man. I mean, they you know, I've picked against Zealand teams before this season. It's totally backfired on me. So totally I, backfired. Yeah, I gotta go with the Ducks. Yeah, I mean I've seen them firsthand now twice. I just I don't I don't want to put any pressure on a high school team and say that they could win they should win the state championship. I don't think should is in there. Plus, they could be placed in the same division as Muskegon, uh, which is tough for anybody. Yeah. So, but they're a contender. They're they they are a state title contender, and that's very exciting. So, I, I mean, I wouldn't pick against me until they give me a reason to, and they haven't yet. So, and this is how this is how Bo stays behind in the picks because he's, he's not picking the hail mary picks yet. So, all right, Fenville at Water Valite. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw you one here. And say I'm picking Water Valley. They beat Saugatuck. They're having a pretty decent season. What do you think? I agree. I think that <laughs> I do. I mean, I, I just 
Yeah, I mean, you look at how you know Waterville handled Sagatuck and stuff, and I just think that comparable opponent. I I don't know. I think I think it would be tough. You know, Fenville has some good athletes, but I don't think they quite have put it together yet. But you know, they could prove me wrong. But for now, I, I would love it if they proved us wrong. I would too. I really would. I think that would be good. All right, Blackhawks, show us what you got. Um, Schoolcraft at Sagatuck. Who you got? Schoolcraft. Uh, last year they had that crazy overtime game. Uh, both scored over fifty points. Uh, I just think that Sagatuck is hindered by that numbers problem a lot. You know, I, I've been optimistic. I picked Sagatuck like I think every week this year, and it's just backfired on me. Um, you know, I always have confidence in the alma mater, the Indians, but um, you know, I think with what happened last year, you know, you know it's going to be at least a close game, and I think the Schoolcraft uh, edges them out. All right. And you guys all heard me give him the chance on some of these picks first, uh, but I, yeah, I'm picking Schoolcraft too. I mean, that's this is how Bo stays behind in the picks, um, <laughs> but it might be how he doesn't fall further behind in the picks. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I'm, I'm um, just staying. I'm just staying around so I can come back. I mean, honestly, end. when you think about it, looking at this matchup on paper. Now, don't get me wrong. Holland and Unity Christian is always a little bit tougher. I mean, a, a better game than people think, but. I mean, there's really only a couple of games on paper that are a coin flip. Zealand West Lowell. Maybe Hamilton Zealand East, the way Hamilton started. Definitely would be a more of a coin flip game if Hamilton had beaten Byron Center last year or last week. That would have been made it a little bit different. But um but we keep saying that and then somebody does something, so I don't know. Does that mean Holland Christian's gonna falter at Byron Center? Does that mean Holland is going to Upset Unity Christian. Does that mean Hamilton's going to upset the Chicks? Right. Doesn't mean Saugatuck and Fenville get it done and prove that we know nothing about their conference. Yeah. I w- stay tuned to next week to find out. You know, I, it's it's going to be an exciting week of football. Um, really looking forward to you know as these teams really get, dig into their conference seasons. Um, we're seeing a lot from from teams and from players here. And uh, shout out to the student sections. Uh, take some student section Sentinel selfies, hashtag them Sentinel selfie on Twitter and uh, Instagram and uh, throw uh, tag the Sentinel and hashtag Sentinel selfie. Um, we'd love to see them. Our goal is to get every student section every week putting up one of those. We want to see your themes. We want to see your excitement. Um, you know, we want you guys to represent. So I probably should have said that a lot earlier in this podcast because I don't know how many in the student section are lasting this long. Um, Only but the real fans. Hopefully yeah. the parents will get that word out to those kids. Um, so uh, anyway, so Bo, anything else we need to mention? Um, Ohio State got the no, just Wow. <laughs> All right. That's the last time you get to, you yeah. get that one. So, um, well, I mean, we'll talk broader a little bit more about college football as we get into the Big Ten season especially. Um, so you'll have your chances. You'll have your chances. Oh, H. Um, but, uh, um, yeah, I mean, that's that's plenty for this week. We'll, Like I said, we'll talk more about some local soccer and volleyball and other things next week as well. Um, check out the Sentinel stories this week. We've got uh, a story about a uh, gold medal winner at the World Transplant Games in swimming. Um and also a medal winner in the uh, Pan American Paralympic Games. Um, lots of things, man. It doesn't just have to be the national team to have something exciting around here, especially in the pool. Yeah. Um, so stay tuned for uh, all that kind of stuff. Check out HollandSentinel.com to find all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, see if uh, 
we've got we'll get some more things cooking. We'll get some more things cooking. Hope uh, hope running back feature. Watch out for that. Oh yeah, check that out. I mean, obviously they did a pretty good job. Eighty yeah. points. Um, they could do almost no wrong. Uh, last week, we'll see how that transfers, and we'll break down their next game uh, next week. Um, have a fun week. Go out and watch some sports, and uh, yeah, we'll see how good we do in these picks. But I can honestly say after these picks i'm going to be just as far ahead of Bo as i was last week so um the that's all right with me i it's a every week is a little bit more of a stranglehold on the uh on the championship here so i'm telling you i'm just setting up my week nine comeback so. oh wow well you we're gonna to get to that point where you're gonna to have to it'll yeah. be interesting but hey stranger things have happened right. so all right have a good weekend everybody for Bo. i'm dan Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.